0: Of one half Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios, Sidetracked with Armstead and Poosh. Brought to you by the Second Baptist Barn Grill, your exorcism specialist.
1: Well, we're back for another episode of Sidetracked what? with Armstead and, Poosh and Hold hold what the hell? Every week, okay, this is what I
2: don't even know, week 15? We've had this same intro, and every week when that guitar thing starts going, the three of us all start closing our eyes and bobbing our heads like we're the old guys that gone in sixty seconds listening to Lowrider. What the heck is that? (laughs) It's some good guitar playing. It is, but you
1: know what? It just triggers a reaction. Great minds think alike or psychotic minds, however you view us. Probably the latter. Yeah. I was thinking the whole time, I go, you know what, this is the week we got to tell them about this guitar intro, because this isn't somebody sitting with a normal six-string guitar. No, we can tell a story. No, this is a guy, we, he's on Facebook, I cannot think of his name. I don't remember. He did a quick video, he makes cigar box guitars. Three strings. Three-string guitars. And uh, we, heard, we were looking for our intro, and we were messing around. With different ideas of revving engines and masculine, manly horsepower-related stuff, and this video came up and we all listened to it and we looked at each other and we go, "That's the sound. That's what we want." So since then, we kind of condensed it and cut it down, and that's what we gained. And yeah, it's just a riff he was doing demo is... on this new guitar he'd made. And yeah, Tim Trimble—that's the guy's name. Yep. So this is sidetracked with Armstead and Bush. My name's Armstead. My name is Bosch. And we got Nick Meyer with uh, Life Media Evening. as always. And we've got a
2: live uh, studio audience tonight. And uh, I think he's, 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 live. Mic- he's yeah, he's mic'd yeah. up. He he's been on with us before Evan Booms is here.
1: No, thank you. So uh
2: not much in the news today. No, no. polls. Nobody's pulling. Well wow, no? they're 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 bench pulling, but we got two weeks before we got our next event. Telling lies and calling out the women. Two weeks. Two, three weeks.
1: May 7th. Yeah. Two oh, weeks. Oh, yeah. 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 Sorry, take your time. Oh, my God. Take your time. Nobody's waiting for you.
0: Take a call. I'll have a cup of coffee. I'm to have a nice bagel. Take a little nap. It's
1: fine. But you might as well play the other one because you Charles say something so that way you can play it. Yeah, go ahead. Get it over with now.
3: Is this true?
2: Yes, it's true. This man has
3: no dick. Okay.
1: Now that we're done with that, (laughs) we've accomplished everything for the show. Great night. Thanks for listening in. Next week on (laughs) sidetracked. We're going to have hookers and blow episode two next week. Uh, Yeah. Next week. Shoebridge is coming in studio. So excellent audio quality. For those of you who are obsessed with such minute details. And if you are that obsessed Go to the top right corner of your computer. There's a big red X. Because <laughs> I don't care.
2: <laughs> I do. Yeah. Oh, come on. This, the, no matter how bad it sounds, this has got to be far more entertaining than any tripe you're going to find on your dial in your car. Um, no AM still pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's two. There's two at least in this part of the country. There's there's two frequencies very close together that uh, during the right day parts, six fifty and six sixty, you'll hear some good stuff.
1: <laughs> so uh, nothing as far as that. And uh, well, the next bit we always do.
2: Well, we could we could do uh, we could do rumors and, and stuff that we. N- you know, just outright fabrications. We said we were going to do that. We haven't done one of those in oil.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's easily done. You know, I mean, come on. I mean, what else? I mean, Sam Gingell's coming out with a ten thousand cubic inch Moline this year. In the first two cylinders. Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, and uh, the John Deere's are going to have. Uh, V-12s mounted in them for the Capozo family. Oh, I see. I heard that Ron, uh, uh,
2: Roger Bontrager, he's coming back with the... The, the, the M602? Well, no. He's he's going to have the Ford 6000 back, and he's going to steal a play uh, a play a a page out of uh, Smokey Unix playbook. He's going to have the flywheel grooved in such a way that it becomes a centrifugal supercharger feeding through a, an invisible plenum right into the intake. Ooh,
1: you got anything for us, Emma? Evan? No, not really. Oh, did I let that out of the bag? Sorry, Roger. Oh, man. Come on. You're, you're involved with all kinds of motorsports, and you have nothing? Well, maybe something. Oh, do tell.
3: I heard possibly a truck being sold off. Maybe was a points contender in the 2-5 class.
1: Oh, no, it's a truck. We don't care. Oh, yeah, it. <laughs> yeah.
3: Wait, do tell. We do like rumors, though. So. Complete rumor here. For A sure.
1: rumor. Okay.
3: No substance to it at all.
1: Well, we won't name names, but uh, what town might this truck have been located in? I uh, like
3: Ruth or Ubley
2: area or something.
1: Oh, one of those. Uh, general
2: area of. Does it rhyme with Dukoski? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe. He'd be. He'd be the only guy up there. That's all got. I got in the Ruth Ubley area, I think. Well, that and uh, what's the big uh, farm? Bishers. They got Bishers up there. Yeah. Bishers don't pull much, though. Oh. No. Well, they might, but we don't hear about it. So this is a certain truck, not an orange tractor, Dukoski family, possibly. Oh, I didn't name the name you did. I didn't name any names yet. I'm still saying Kramers something. Don't names. Have a, Kramers <laughs> don't have a
2: pulling truck. They're from
1: up that general vicinity. No, no. they're That's They're far them. south. They're in Palms.
2: Well he yeah.
1: <laughs> true. They're
2: on Ruth Road. They're on Ruth Road, so Oh.
1: Well, So's Deckerville. If we really want to get a name in Ruth Road, Dan Deere lives just off Ruth Road, so to speak. Yeah, he's uh he's probably got the highest address on that road. Well, he's actually you take a jog, you go up and you make a left hand turn and yeah, he's right there. Which windmill do you turn at? Hmm i trying to remember
2: if it's the third or fourth. In that array.
1: Anyway. That might have blown look. down by now anyways. So. This, this is quick, quickly <laughs> becoming some of the most unlistable radio you've ever heard. But it gets better. <clears throat> so
2: clearly a black truck that is not owned by maybe a guy named Dukoski, Maybe didn't get <laughs> sold to somewhere.
1: So, well, we got that. But uh, this week.
2: Wait a minute. He has. He's got two. He sell the puller or the hauler? Hmm maybe both. He went full till Amish. He's not got two horses in a carriage. I don't think he can grow a beard.
3: He farms with John Deere, so he might as well have two horses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> oh, that was good. That's how this episode's going to go today. No, it gets much more serious later. I have a feeling, but no, we're it's gonna be awesome. What this. in the hell are you
2: talking about? Good question. <laughs> uh, Coca they there's Coca-Cola cowboys and apparently there's Coca-Cola farmers out there too.
1: All right, the show makes sense now. So obituaries, none, none, good. Thank God. So as always, I say this every week and. For once, I didn't say this in vain the past week because I guess we annoyed some bunch of John Deere people. <laughs> They're probably going to hear from them again this week now. Thanks, Evan. <laughs> but as always, you want to get a hold of us, AP at SidetrackPulling.com or Sidetrack with Armstead and Poja on Facebook. Shoot us an email. Shoot us a message. Shoot us, period might not be a bad idea but if somebody seriously if somebody close to you involved with the sport who's passed away recently get a hold of us let us know we want to make sure they get their 15 minutes of fame you know every puller deserves that we're a big family out there so definitely I want to make sure they get their uh, due time is you know I mean not everybody's out there on the national scene but everybody deserves their 15 minutes of fame So get a hold of us, shoot us a message, give us a brief summary, you know, quick story about them, and uh, heck, if you want, even shoot us a message, give us a call, and uh, we can uh, make sure we get them on. So once again, AP at com or sidetracked with Armstead and Poche. Now we'll roll on to something a little more fun. Yes, sir. Birthdays. I have three. How many you got? I got the same three, plus uh, three more. Nine. Cool. Cool.
2: yes. Common Core math. I can't say that. My wife's a teacher
1: and she will slap me because... I'll say it because my ex-wife's a teacher. Common Core math. Well, I've actually dealt with Common Core and actually if people pull their heads out of their ass, it's not actually that different than what they're learning normally. So. Common Core anyways. sounds like
2: a new claimer rule for turbochargers. Ooh. Ooh.
1: Stock appearing. Common core turbos. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, It's gonna
2: work. Stock. Uh, If it's
1: stock, it doesn't work. (laughs) So, uh, birthdays, 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 birthdays.
2: First one on my list coming up on Sunday, uh, East Coast. Diesel super stock puller with an international, thank God. <sighs> Mr. Will Puckett, happy birthday to you, sir.
1: Happy birthday, sir. And uh, I believe you have the next one, too. I, did Lady I do, Lady we hold near and dear and put a lot of time in with. Oh, no, that, she's later in the week. Oh, no, who do you got We're next? On to Tuesday,
2: King of
1: Bling, Mr.
2: Tom Hurley.
1: Oh, yes, yes, Mr. Tom Hurley with the chrome shaft. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a funny story.
2: So we happen to know... Tom's Tom is great and he's got a fantastic sense of humor, but he likes his tractors to be really, really shiny. And he hates pulling in the order anywhere near the shrimps or the Krebs brothers because they have equally shiny tractors. He wants to be the center of attention, and that's fine. King of chrome. King of chrome. King, King of bling. bling. So, <laughs> excuse me. We happen to notice at the national championships weekend here a couple weeks ago, that the steering shaft now on his farm M from the pedestal to where it goes into the hood is now chromed. And so one of us was initially going to ask him when he got his, his, his shaft chromed. We decided it would be funnier if we put my girlfriend Tanya up to it and he She did it right there at the booth, standing next to us, and he got the biggest deer in headlights like, whoa, this is not okay. Why is this girl asking me? And and she knows, he he knows who Tanya is. It wasn't like, you know, it was caught totally off guard, but I'm up there in the announcer's booth just rolling on the floor (laughs) laughing because his face, his eyes are as big as dinner plates. Like, what is this? This is not okay. And then we finally let him in on the joke and just, it it, it was funny.
1: Oh, that was the best thing in the world, the look on his face, but happy uh 26th birthday to you and then uh the guy who uh thinks he's the king of something mr jacob shepherd yeah he's
2: he's something all right
1: he's been on the show <laughs> with us so yep so uh happy birthday jacob ntpa uh two wheel drive puller yeah alcohol yep, addiction absolutely. retapped and ntpa uh wolverine uh thumb puller still from time to time yep um, no, great guy. Happy birthday, Jake. Love you to death, buddy. I know we uh have a lot of fun with you, so happy birthday. Most of it at your expense. Yep. And another one. Mr. Ken Gombieski. Say that three times fast. I can't sober. <laughs> and I can't drunk. I was gonna say you're sober? <laughs> What's the occasion? I just got my two week badge, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> anyway, but no, uh, Ken uh, Antique Puller and uh, probably the king of mechanical front wheel assists at the Armada oh, Fair every year. Oh yeah, he yeah
2: he he teams up with Davey Ponikowski with those uh, they're P-pumped fifty-five series Deers and just has made it a clinic to smack
1: around all the uh, Nintendo tractors the only guy i know who can nail every upshift and every downshift on the mechanicals and put the new electronics just to shame yeah regularly destroys them and uh happy birthday to you buddy i know i've charles and i've known you the same time he uh started out antique pulling with us 15 years ago now so founding uh,
2: member of the new generation pulling team yep yep and the uh well, the Tiki Lounge. One of the former owners of the, the Big
1: Bird Lounge. The Big Bird Lounge. The, uh, the, the bowling alley. Yep. Bowling alley Haller. on wheels. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Who else we got? On uh, Wednesday, we got two left. Oh, yes. Miss Judy Martin. Judy. A lady we hold near and dear to us uh, with the NATP, uh circuit. Secretary for them. And husband Arnold pulls for yep. pulling for a long time. Uh, Ford Tractors. Yeah. Uh, Division three, Division four tractors. So I think he was all Division four this year. The all Division yeah. four, yeah. They didn't like the speed limits, so to speak. So happy birthday to them, and that's it for birthdays. Well, so. you don't want to talk about that last one. What? What last
2: one? This clown over here on the mic. You Evan, got you got a birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, no. no, not him. You, me. You old... Well, uh, yeah. I could call, call, call you an old fart because I'm the oldest guy
3: in the room, so I'll decide. <laughs> I'll second that. For there once.
1: How, how old are you, Evan? What year is it? <laughs> 2016. Oh, God, he took his shoes off. Shit. 23. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> 20. Oh, okay, I'm not so you, the, youngest in, not the youngest in the room. You're yeah,
2: not the youngest in the room. We got a whippersnapper in the room tonight. Woo.
3: I don't have to speak about my right and left leg as good and bad.
1: <laughs> All right, smartass, pass me the Geritol. Yeah, yeah, some prick on the microphone here is... Whack him in the knee with something. Give him 28th birthday is Wednesday. <laughs> ah, that guy. That guy. What are we going to do for you? Or with you? <laughs> People have been asking that for well, 28 years. You know, years. that's
2: that's that's why that's why next week is uh, round two of hookers and blow, and we aren't going to be talking about pullers and induction systems. We're just going to watch him get completely loaded out of his mind. You guys are getting me
1: hookers. Yes.
2: Why? Well, I- I said load it out of your mind. That was oh. just the blow part. <laughs> I figure by the time
1: you're done with that, you won't have any use for anything I, else. I'm full of enough hot air. I don't need any assistance on the blow part. I don't want to hear about it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Nope. Keep it clean, please. Nope. Armstead's birthday, Wednesday the 27th. I got a birthday. Yeah? Yeah. Good what do fun. you got? I'll
3: go a week out. It's next week, but it's the only thing I got, and I want to feel special. Do go it. for it. Mr. Jeffro, Jeff, Jeff Smoliginski. Oh. Uh, Wednesday, May fourth, gonna turn forty-seven. Oh, you've been calling out the age
1: on Jeff. He's old. He knows. He's it. gonna be. Li- he's gonna be riding the car hauler and just cursing you now. I don't think it's gonna make that much of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He probably doesn't listen. <laughs> so thank you again to all three of our listeners. I mean, you guys have stuck with us. We have listeners. Yeah, I paid him off again. Oh, good, 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 good. Well, I guess in his case, the good part is his tractor's older than he is. Yeah, yeah, 40, 20. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You though it's got dual adapters on a super farm. Go figure. Hey, we were on duels down south. <laughs> on a super farm?
3: That shit don't matter.
1: <laughs> so, yep, you got my birthday. So Sounds like f- one of those Washington courthouse events. Yeah, it does. So, as always, just like with our uh, obituaries, you got somebody you want us to highlight roast, whatever you want us to do with them, within reason. Oh, we'll take care of it within reason, all right. (laughs) We do accept bribes. Yes. Get a hold of us, AP, at sidetrackpulling.com or sidetracked with Armstead and Post. Let us know about that certain someone you want to make sure they get highlighted on their uh, birthday. Like these two guys just yeah, pointed out my damn birthday. Oh, that's
2: not, not the most embarrassed part he's going to have tonight. Oh, boy.
1: It gets worse? It gets worse. We're going to have your hero on later. Oh, my. I, I am so freaking excited and nervous for this. This is not even right. It's going to be cool. It's announcers week. It is, and you know what? Everybody on on
2: the team has done done a really just a, a
1: smash up. Pulling job. radio network is on fire this week. Starting out, Jason Schultz from Beer Money Pulling Team bringing in three great guys from uh, from the Badger State and out. I gotta say, Pull-
2: I listened to the show. Stacy Butson and John Stranley made some points. I was taking notes on
1: that show for stuff. I absolutely, to work on. absolutely, me too. Then Kenny Eggleston went the other direction. Yes, he and did. I love it. I love it. Bringing on his daughter, Maddie, as he calls her, or Goose, Goose, care. yes. Yeah. But uh, girl who just got her first shot at announcing, and she made this some past week.
2: She made some excellent points too. Uh, you know, to 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 go back and think back to to my formative days when I first started doing this 15 years ago, and to see things through her eyes again, and and think about it in that way. Listen to the show. Go dig it up. It's on SoundCloud and iTunes. Go find it. She makes some excellent points. If you're a new announcer, she really keyed in on one very, very, very important point, and that is to just don't look at the crowd, don't psych yourself out, stay in the moment, and what's going on in front of you. Huge. So I don't. We're not going to get too far off into that because no, on, you need got, to listen. You
1: need to listen. Listen. listen, listen we, to hit, We her, don't her, push, her. Yeah. push the other shows quite as much as we should, but but listen this week. You definitely have to listen to every show on Pulling Radio Network. Tuesday night, Ray Toluki. And Adam Drow. Adam Drow. Uh, Rick Fight from Full Pull uh,
2: Productions. Great interview with Rick. And get his his take on things on the East Coast. Wednesday, uh, Behind the Hall or Dayfolds. It's a rerun, but the show is good. It's one of the best good.
1: reruns I've ever heard. Very
2: good. He makes excellent points about announcing. And then just before us uh boy the godfather did it again eric pruitt bringing all three of the krieger boys on the show
1: at once Butch, miles jeremy for the first time good job a three-part interview and uh phenomenal job as always eric we'll put the we call him the godfather for a reason because he just blows our mind and brings in everybody and that's why we kiss his ring every time we see him and ask for his blessing on everything we do and with all that we'll put the cherry on the sunday by having tom hartzell here in just a bit Oh my God, this is my hero, my idol, this is who I grew up listening to. I have been nervous, excited all week, and the nerves have come to a point here today already. Yeah, I've spent probably too much time at the bar and smoking way too many (laughs) cigarettes just Cheer nerves because yeah, this guy uh-huh. is one of the best of the best, as far as I'm concerned. You'll be, you'll I'll be fine. I'll put him up against anybody. You'll so. be fine.
2: I've talked to Tom enough times. He's a
1: very humble guy, and and
2: yeah, he's he's excited to do this. So
1: you'll be all right. Oh, I can't wait to get this call in. So uh, with that, we're gonna take a quick break. This is sidetracked. I'm pulling Radio Network. Life Media
2: Tech is your one-stop shop for multimedia, photography, videography, live event productions and web systems and infrastructure design and maintenance. Life Media can handle it all. Drew and I trust Life Media to use years of experience to bring sidetrack to you each and every week. Isn't it a time that you did the same? Serving Metro Detroit and the Blue Water area, contact Life Media directly at 810-689-4151. That's Life Media, 810-689-4151. I
1: figure you're smoking now.
2: Good. That might help. Maybe I think should start. That's why I can't hear anything.
1: All right, and we're back with Sidetracked with Armstead and Potion, Booms and Meyer. Uh. Well, yeah, that, that works too. So we're going to start off announcers week. We're going to have Tom Hartzell on here in a little bit. Got to wait for him to get ready for us, but. uh I kind of want to take it a little way different way than everybody else has with theirs. We've all talked to announcer, you know, are going to talk to or have talked to announcers, but I want to hear the viewpoint of a polar slash spectator, and it so happens to work out today. We have one of those with us in studio, and uh, let's. Uh,
2: Adjustments need to be made adjustments
1: made, made but uh, let's uh, hear Mr. Evan Booms, who decided to come and join us here today because we slipped him a couple hundred bucks because we wanted other
2: people. Well, we're trying to increase the appeal of this show and start including a live studio audience, and we got one. One. So <laughs> we tried to get we tried to get two, and he didn't respond to it. All he said was
1: "lol" and then just disappeared. Yeah, that was Nathan Drop. Um, not that I'm gonna name Nate. I'm just again. I'm gonna roll today. I don't know what I can do, but I'm gonna be the birthday boy. So forget Change everybody. his last name to Nathan Drop. <laughs> but he is busy at the ranch. Oh, he's got pigs and drop horses. Pig, drop pig farms again. Yep, glue and bacon. <laughs> 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 Uh, pork futures are up and horse lives are down
2: (laughs) so i gotta be careful i got daughters who ride horses so i can attack him on the pig thing but i gotta shut up about the horses
1: but with that you know evan we want to talk to you thank you sir for coming in tonight and hanging out with us we appreciate
2: that what in the world how much i mean i know what i kicked in but how much did you pay him to get him to sit here like this
1: my wife listens to the show. I cannot divulge such information. Oh, right.
3: What are you talking about? I never received any funds.
1: <laughs> well. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Cool, perfect. We're on a roll already today. Talk to Vito <laughs> and Vinny about that and make sure they straighten out the books.
2: <laughs>
1: so. I'm surrounded by idiots. Yeah, that's First time.
2: So, Never done this before? <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: trying to do an interview in studio but if oh, you guys want to screw around i mean yeah well that's that was yeah that's what we're supposed to do
2: so you've been around my po- god
4: do you ever stop talking
2: we got to get it out of the way now because we can't do this to tom he's <laughs> no, tom's like no, we can't die. tom's like a legend and an idol and whatever superlative you want to use and we're not going to do it to him no, so we got to no get, drops. It, out
4: of, no get it out of our system right now
1: we're going to have to act straight for a change. This is going to be really, really weird. So, But, Evan, you've been around the sport of truck and tractor pulling your entire life. How have announcers influenced you? I mean, I, know I feel they make or break a show, but then again, I'm an announcer. So. But what's your feeling on the topic and uh, who have stood out for you as far as voices out there? I mean, you've been uh, fairly well-traveled with your... Uh, with your pulling career, so to speak. So, uh, please, jump in wherever.
3: Well, I'll lead off. Um, First and foremost, a good announcer can make a bad pull all right, and a bad announcer can make a good pull shitty. It just, you know, I'm not much for that Bowling Green yelling full pull and soccer kind of announcing style. I just, like, rather just hear about what's going on you know um the other thing that people don't realize what is really huge for announcers is a good pa system
1: yeah
2: i yeah i'll agree with that there's been some places over the years where we go to and actually one of the best polls that we announce i'm not gonna say where every year yeah, it's the no, same won't it's, the, it's the same same setup that they got there every year and i just shake my head. go no come on this again
1: I can think of two polls off the top of my head. Yeah. That it's yeah. It's it's hard to convey our messages announcers to the general fan just because the equipment is not the proper equipment is not there. I found there is that, equipment there but it's not the proper equipment. And in a couple genre. of
2: those cases I've found that I actually have to modify how I how I would even speak and really totally change my approach even to the a microphone because if i do it the way i would do it over a proper pa it's just not it's gonna it's not gonna sound good it's not gonna work
3: and you know i'm i've been to polls and i'm sure you two have been also that a bullhorn could have got the point across better than their pa system
2: yeah i mean note to promoters if you're using speaker cabs get rid of them get yourself some 60 a pop Proper PA public address horns—they're way better $40. for spoken word. Dollars, yeah, forty bucks. They're way better for spoken word than
1: than the cabs are. A, a powered speaker, and Nick, you, you, I know you could chime in on this one. You live and breathe. Actually, this is an aspect.
2: Actually, I don't think anybody's brought up during announcers week. No. So maybe let's let's get off into this for a second.
1: And Nick, I know you and I have talked about this several times, yeah. as far as doing a poll. As far as audio quality and what it takes, you know, you see a lot of events out there that try to, so to speak, cheap out or make it convenient by bringing in a powered speaker that they think is just going to be phenomenal. Well, we don't need a good, you know, we don't need the horns. We don't need that. And it's just the sound is horrible. it would Just take in in order to, between competing with the tractors and the physical space, uh, a
3: traditional um, cone-based speaker system, you know, where, where your wattage is being splayed out across the entire frequency range, I, I wouldn't approach an event like that with less than like 10,000 watts versus with pure horns where you're only reproducing the frequencies you need. They're very directional. They're exactly what you're looking for.
0: 100, maybe 200 watts.
3: Yeah,
2: we, we we learned that at the Great Lakes Classic because we used to rent the cabs there, and, and we wasted so much horsepower actually in, in base bass frequencies that weren't doing anybody any good.
1: Yeah. So basically what you're telling me is you'd need an ACDC concerts amount of equipment more or less uh, you, you, to do the job. You'd, of you'd be looking at one. at
3: least a $10,000 sound system. To do it, you could do for three or $400 worth of horns and amplifiers. Yeah, And
1: I know you and I, I know Evan, will get, <laughs> we went off on a tangent, it's sidetracked, it happens. But you get. and I talked, I mean, it takes a damn good EQ even. Yeah. Equalizer just to make them, to get rid of them bass tones. Just to keep yeah. the feedback we, at bay.
2: Well, and you're there again at Great Lakes Classic. You know, I was renting the, the cabs and all that, but I was using the powered mixer board that I've got where I could tune frequency and all that. But still, even with 750 watts of power, I did couldn't drive them. And now, you know, last year we had, what, seven PA address horns in there? Eight. Yep. And eight. And I could blow the roof off the seven place. Seven working, you're right. Yeah, yeah I could blow the working. lid off the joint. So,
3: Yeah, um, I guess you would ask towards the end of your rambling there. Um, he, he does that a lot. It, it tends to so, happen. So do I. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as announcers go, I mean, how old are you, uh, Andrew? 28? Be 28 here in a week. So you're five years my elder, and I mean, you're remember... Wow.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Evan. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Listen to him complain about age. I'm going to start calling him a geriatric. Stop whining. Yeah. Ten years older than you,
1: <laughs> kid. <laughs> Back in my day. yeah, That's well, going to be me before. <laughs> Anyways, it, as you were saying, five years you're
3: all there. But you remember Tom Harsall. I don't. I can't say I remember. I know I've been to polls. with. I've been to a, a Bay City Hook and an Emily City Hook. I know I've been to polls that he announced, but being so young, I never remembered. But I will say this. I always remembered black or, uh, white to gray to black.
2: Yep, the from smoke. It's one of those things, yeah, it sticks with it. He, he just had a way of manipulating the language and crafting something that was memorable for people.
1: And you know what? I'm willing to bet, I know Charles and I have talked about this, the pictures you drew of big pulling tractors as a kid that I'm sure you drew just like the rest of us, when you colored in the smoke, what was it? It went from white to gray to black. Yeah. But in reverse, than logical order. Yes, it was yes. white at the stack, and it yes. got darker it the further run away. Always was.
3: <laughs> but honestly, I would have to say Charles would be the person who I remember um, from a youngin I'm sorry.
2: Current. I'm sorry.
3: Oh no! Don't be hard <laughs> on yourself. You're probably one of the best announcers I've been around. I mean, it, with exception of like uh, the big names at Louisville. Um, I mean, you're a great announcer, and Andrew stepping up now, getting in there. It's great what you two are doing, going back and forth off each other now. Here's another 50.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Give him his
3: doom!
1: Wow, we paid a lot for that little spot. I'm, gonna,
2: I'm, I'm in the hole until I get past my sixth hook this summer.
1: But... Yeah, I mean, we appreciate that. I mean, definitely. No, thank you for the compliment. I do appreciate it. Yeah, I mean it, too. Oh, we know you do that. That's the nice part. And, uh, you know, you're right. I mean, Charles has talked about other announcers. And up until, you know, I went down to Bowling Green, I didn't realize there was other voices out there other than Tom Hartzell. That was the name. That was the guy. That was who I saw when I went to Armada, when I went to Emily City, when I went to North Branch. That's who was there. That was a big name, Goodles even, you know. that That's who you had. You had Tom Hartzell out there with the wireless mic, mm-hmm. working the crowd, and uh, Inwood, Brigden. I mean, the list goes on. It seemed like every event we went to, it was always Tom for me. And now for you, I mean, with thumb, it was yeah. Charles is the name you got to recognize, and yeah, it does come with age when you start to realize who the voice is behind the microphone. It's part of, I guess, that growth process when you actually start to realize, you know, who the announcers are, who the track guys are. Even I mean, for us, Mike Pops, you know, the whole pop family really. Whole pop family, I mean, Scott Kramer. But, you know, when it was Wolverine, it was always Scott Doty. Yeah. Out of you, everybody, you know, it was yeah. always Scott Doty and I on he, the big end.
2: I think he is retired for this year, so I don't yeah, know who's going to Scott did retire. It'd be interesting to see who's going to be out there.
3: You know, taking this off to a sidetrack a little bit. Go for it. You know who really doesn't get the thanks that they deserve, or him and LM, is all the Kramers. Yeah. Every single hook they're at, you know, mindless, tedious jobs that, Anybody could do, but you know what? He's there to do them, and he's always there when you call on him.
2: Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, I, I, it was well, you, you know, northern swing. I went up, uh, probably gosh, it's got to be four or five years ago now. I rode with Scott in the truck, and you know, we we roomed together in a hotel room. And I'd never really, I, we'd exchanged pleasantries and we certainly knew each other, but I never really got to spend any time with him and get to know him on a personal level. And I did that weekend, and boy, what a deeply smart, intelligent guy. Um, just knows the business inside and out from both the competitor, the promoter, knows the whole gig, and just so
1: humble about it. Just goes about his job. Even outside the sport of pulling, you get talking with him. He's the main run chick, Kramer Implement, you know, specialized in the Deutzes. And then you get to know him and get actually get to know his sense of community, and community oh, yes. responsibility, yeah, very much. Something so. right there that civic-minded guy, very the much. Civic-minded, the community responsibility out there. He's not only just a volunteer firefighter; he's a first responder. He keeps a medic bag with him at all times. I'm telling and you, he's I, the first no. guy to the scene. Yeah, you want and, to be
2: a puller. You want to have that sense of comfort when you're being a when you're a puller. A TTPA show. There's an EMT standing on the chalk line all the time every night he
1: unhooks you every night yeah and just i got talking with him and just mild-mannered pleasant i cannot say enough good and my job is to put words into action and be able to relay what's going on into words and right now as far as scott kramer is concerned I cannot put enough words to that man. No, there are not enough adjectives out there in the English language to properly describe that man to who he is as a person unless you actually get to know him. Because he is And you're gonna a have to get human. to know him to find out because he's not gonna tell you about it. No him. no and I I feel very, very blessed to be on that inner group uh that Scott trusts to actually get to know the man. And it's even beyond him too. I mean, you know, Scott Taylor Zach the whole family they're they're all Taylor Zach Steve first you rate. know just first first rate people hard hard working people well oh, how many
2: nights were they up you know till all never went to sleep thrashing on that Deutz of theirs. To get it to a pole, and make sure they made the hook and took the green flag, and made sure they put on the show, put on the show, and they would, and they, and worked. that was it. it and they, wasn't wasn't they wouldn't stroke, they wouldn't stroke it either. They wouldn't just come up and bump the sled. No, they dropped the hammer on that thing, yeah. and
1: whatever happened, happened. Yeah. No, those guys, I am will I will say it right now, and I will go on the record for saying, are the hardest working, most oh, dedicated been. team ever. in in the sport of truck and tractor pulling that across the board. That we've if, personally met, yeah. If you want to tell, come and get a hold of us, AP at sidetrackpulling.com, sidetrack with Armstead and Potion on Facebook. If there's another team out there that can beat them, please introduce me to I'm them because too. those guys need to be highlighted because they are what truck and tractor pulling are supposed to be.
2: Yeah, and I, I know we kind of – we we publicly on the mic bagged on them just a little bit with you know it started as a, a late night uh, in the pits drunken conversation that led to the whole the Deutz bag thing and some feelings got hurt now I, I apologize for that it was never our intent yes but please believe me when we say these guys are the real deal and we're behind 100 percent and and I'm, I'm actually kind of glad we the, the, this past winter we got the chance to clear the air with Zach on that that you know no it didn't it never originated with them as a family. They weren't personally pissed at us for that. It had to do with something else, It was extraneous circumstance. But you know, we were we were just having some fun with them, and we knew we we felt like they got it. But you know, there was some pushback, and and I apologize for that.
1: That one bugged me. Yeah, I don't out to, of I don't anything I've ever had, I don't want to run. You know, Absolutely not. It, that one was the one that bugged me the most. Yeah, So. But I hear rumor. Mr. Evan Booms has a rant, a rebuttal rant. Please, sir, uh, and
2: but yeah, but I mean, this is definitely announcer week, and we're going to get to that. But yeah, I
1: want to hear about this. Let's go. I heard somebody ticked him off <coughs> on this show. I wonder who that could be. Yeah, probably the guy who made the rant in the first place. <laughs> so, you know, you're,
2: you're sitting in a chair that's a lot higher than him, so you got a better reach so too. You want to punch always,
1: him? I will take my licks. I am always open to opposing viewpoints. You did on say
2: stuff. that. You did say that when when we I say said, that every time get we Get a hold of me.
1: We can uh, deal with it. I know. Uh, we have, We. I've had a couple people pants. get a hold of me on it, tell me, "Hey, listen, you are uh, you're an idiot." And um, really, I didn't hear that. You'll have that on the big jobs. So take a drink.
2: At this point we should point out that Evan is the sober one in the room. <laughs> so please. Okay. So
3: last week you were discussing uh division five. Yep. Not the plus, just division were five. Were
1: we? Just division five, yes. Oh, yep. Okay. Yes, we it, were. it extenuated beyond that, but yes. Yeah.
3: Okay. Um those that don't know, I kind of bleed orange just a little bit. Um uh, it irritated me a little bit when you said that US, Alice Chalmers, people don't have big motors.
2: I uh, mean, but oh. oh, but they do, and I, th- I've been in I Actually, didn't stop you. Uh, I didn't stop you in the middle of your rant, but I did know this. There, you, go. You go ahead.
3: What is your deter-
1: What is big to you? About six, seven and a half. <laughs> Other than my gut. Um, <laughs> <coughs> my whole point with that is uh as far as motors are concerned when i start getting on a rant on something like that i directly related to classes i compete in and to me what are the big number classes in natpa pulling the 55 6,000 6, pound classes as of right now There are no Alice Chalmers competing at an NATPA level. And I do not, I'll be honest, I do not know what you can do with a D17, which is the biggest model you can get to fit their age limit. But it's a four-cylinder gasoline motor. I do know of guys putting them in WC chassis and things like that, and they're getting 400-plus cubes out of them.
2: In a fairly and for those who don't know, the, a chassis like that, that tracker is going to be. It's a powerhouse. It's a powerhouse, and you're, you're going to be fairly light. You're going to be four thousand to five thousand pounds. And oh, thirty five hundred to
1: forty five hundred is thirty five forty five. You're
2: going to be making some major power um, over what the H's and the uh, the the sixty sixes and seventy sevens you're going to be competing against can do. But I, I'd
1: like to hear more on what yours before I finish. Well, actually, I've made
3: weight at 2750 with a WC. So well, I mean, you're
1: considerably thinner than me, so I'm sure it's possible. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they are a
3: very versatile tractor, you know. Got great gearing and everything, too. But um, I guess what I was getting at is uh, the early Chalmers, uh, particularly the Model A, there's mm-hmm. uh, about 563 cubes from the factory.
1: Oh, absolutely. Huge motor. Yep. But uh, kind of a one-off tractor for Alice Chalmers, very low production numbers.
3: Oh, well, I mean, if you compare it to John Deere or anything else, Chalmers made was low production.
1: True.
0: Very true.
3: Um, they they actually weren't terribly low production, and they were made before the war, but, you know, in that 40 to 45 range. So it's not like they got it scrapped either, but um, there's A's out there at 880 cubes. Almost 900. Wow. And, I mean, it's doable. So it's, it, we don't have a small motor. We don't have a motor to drop in that's bigger than what we got. We don't have a red dot. But we do have big motors.
1: Well, and that's a fair one. I honestly did forget about the Model A because, I guess, from books I've read in prior, the Model A was not a overly popular. I, I think you can agree with that. Yeah. Alice Chalmers' model, I mean, they were the lighter, they were the WCs, WD, WD-45s, you know, the Bs, the Cs, the CAs. Um, the G, always popular in tobacco country. The most, probably one of the most unique tractors you'll ever see in your life. If you haven't seen Alice Chalmers G, you need to go see one because it is goofy. But So you're an Alice guy, so and I'm not. I'm far from an expert. I've studied the company history, so I
2: understand the corporation very well, but I'm not detailed in the models that good. What would it take within any TPA's framework, even in Division 5 now with the, the 1961 deal coming in? What models could you have and could you bolt the 301 into?
3: You could put a 301 and a D19 rather easily. You'd have to stretch the hood about two inches. I think it would work with the factory frame rails. I, I mean, a 190 didn't come out to like 63. I don't know of anything really that would work, even with the sixty-one rule. And I got gotcha. you. That's okay. where
1: I was getting at with what I was saying. We need to give the you guys some help. Is to get you a newer motor in, and because if went, you can get the three hundred one, we did find out that non-turbo aspirated,
2: they can go to the they can go to the right up to the five hundred cubic inch realm, yes, yes. and be right there with the four sixty with a three hundred one stretched into the 400s and and now you've got a we've got an orange versus red deal
1: now my whole thing is with division five is you're not allowed to convert a motor from gasoline to diesel as it sits right now wait for which division division five you are not allowed to convert a motor from gas to diesel or diesel to gas yeah that's yes that's right the 301 came in a gas configuration. I know this. Okay. Okay. The D19, yes, you can bolt it in with the new 61 roll. As of what I was going with with my rant, is currently the D17 is basically the newest tractor you can do. The D17 gas came in a four cylinder configuration, correct? Yep. The D17 diesel came in a six cylinder configuration. Yes. Now, it would be great on a D17 if you could bolt a 301 in and run it. You'd be perfectly legal. Other than you get into the fact that the D17 in a six-cylinder configuration only came in a diesel. So you cannot take a gas 301 and put it in a D17 chassis and still be legal because of that rule. That's what's kept the G6 out of Division Three for so many years is the four-cylinder. It never came in a gas form, and you cannot take a GB platform, which only came in a four-cylinder gas, came in a six-cylinder diesel.
2: And I don't think there was you cannot you you swap
1: think- motors to the diesel configure diesel six-cylinder. And I'm, gonna gas. Get, you cannot and I'm going to get either. in trouble here because I think the GBD,
2: which receded the G6, was diesel only. And you had to wait for the G6 to get to the LPG,
1: which had Correct. spark plugs in it, which Correct. you could
2: then switch to gas.
1: Correct. So that that's where my my rant is, is you guys needed some help, is I really wish we could have done something as far as fuel conversions and gain you that D17 chassis, which is lighter than a D19 chassis, if I'm cr- very, part. very, yeah. very much. But a D17 chassis, you can pull in that 55, 665 range. But with a 301 that you can, on gasoline, get huge cubic inch numbers out of. You know, I my brother and I went over this because he seems to want to do an orange tractor. And that's what this finally broke down to is, listen, okay, you can get big numbers out of a 301, but you got to do it on diesel. And an NA diesel just isn't competitive so now we got to run on gas well now you cannot put a gas 301 in a d17 chassis because the d17 only came in a four-cylinder gas
2: not gonna lie i got a soft spot for doing something like that too after reading so many roger welsh books and seeing john
1: mccoy's badass wc with that trash can on the hood my i'd I'd like to do one myself my family started out they, when my grandfather first got his first farm after he moved out of Argyle, was up and Tyre. He was an a- Alice Chalmers guy. When he first mo- moved down here, he was an Alice Chalmers guy. So I do have a soft spot for AC. First dealer chef I worked at was an AC dealer. So, no, I was not Plus, just trying to pick on you guys saying you can't get the numbers. It's just with what you're able to do. And I did forget about the A's just because they are not seen out there. I would love to see of, somebody taking like a 660. A. I would love somebody to see the. F- Taking A, put it up against uh, a fabled 660. I wish I would have had a camera up at that and didn't see the th- th-
2: th- daggers
1: that he was giving me when I said that. <laughs> take that fabled 660, but I'd love to see somebody take an Al A and do that, but you don't see them out there. And I'm probably wrong. I'm known to be wrong. Once again, AP at sidetrackpulling.com or uh, sidetrack with Armstead and Post. Tell me how wrong I am, but... Oh, from, we will. What, from what I've read, the A was actually a lower production number tractor. And yes, I understand AC was lower production to begin with, but it was still a very low production number tractor. And I would love to see one of them run in a heavyweight class because that was the first tractor I fell in love with for an Alice Chalmers as the because it's just, it reminds me of a W40. Big, heavy, bulky, massive Amazing piece of American iron. They make more of those than they did the Super HTA? Yes. Okay, good. I'll just check it. I've got three of the four originals in my barn right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a poke at a guy on uh, the one of the IH forums on Facebook. He posted a picture of a 1066 with a Magnum rear end on it. And he goes, my uncle bought this it came right from IH. This is a original that you know IH rolled out with, and it was a pre-production and all that. Well, the only problem with that is the Magnum Chat rear end didn't come out till what was eighty seven, eighty eight in the case IH, and the sixty six series ended in nineteen seventy six. You had a whole eighty six series and an eighty eight series in between those two. Yeah. But no, this is all pre-production, including the cab. And my whole point is, okay, if they had that, why didn't they come up with that in the '86 series, where the economy was still good and, it and could maybe we still your have company? an international harvester instead of having what happened? Yeah, yeah. But I digress. So that's where I say I still I have one of the original four super H, three of the original super HTAs in my barn because we all know those never left the factory. They were made, but they were destroyed on site. Yeah, there's a couple floating around out
2: there, but they were cre- they
1: were barn creations. They're all stage two Super H's, <coughs> which had the relocated battery box, live hydraulics, on a 300. And they take the sheet metal and all them. Yeah. And they put it on a 300 chassis is all that is. 300 was the first... Um, of the 100 series tractors debuted they were actually debuted a year before the rest of the 100 series because there was no need for that super Hta then right which is why the, we have the super MTA
2: and yes, the 400 weighted
1: which only came out and it came out late 53 then all of 54s are all super Htas yep you know what MTA stands for oh, oh do tell more troubles ahead. <laughs> I don't know. I I do like a good TA tractor. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, back on schedule with announcers week. Yeah, I I don't know if I can do this. You better get
2: ready, because this is a big big voice. I won't say a big name because, and and he'll tell you this. You'll find out, but he's a humble guy. But God, he's this guy's huge in this sport and. I'm so thankful he's agreed to uh, lower himself to our
1: standards <laughs> and join us which week. is pretty low so I'm, I'm amazed you're able to do that so with that we're going to take a break thank you Evan for uh, coming back at me a little bit for my rants oh, I, like being, I like being kept in check it's uh, it humbles me a little bit so hey, that doesn't. takes a lot no it doesn't but no I'm glad I was able to explain a little more on what my mind thought was on that, mm. if orange, you had a thought, it was brief and it was momentous. If orange was easy, everybody'd be doing it. <laughs> With that, we're gonna take a break. This is sidetracked. I'm pulling Radio Network. Have you been injured or think you've been injured? Contact the law offices
2: of Dewey, Screwman, and Howe. Auto accident, medical malpractice, slip and fall, dog bite, asbestos. Your boss is a jerk. Nothing worth reading in the paper? Some swamp gas bent the sun's rays and erased your mind? Sit down with our friendly professional staff for a free confidential consultation and cross-examination. Seriously, how can be downright mean? Let the law offices of Dewey, Screw and Howe decide who should pay and how much. It could even be you. No, it'll definitely be you. The Law Offices of Dewey, Screw him, and Howe. Call 888 or online at www.sidetrackpulling.com. That's 888 or www.sidetrackpulling.com. Dewey, Screw him, and Howe are not officially licensed attorneys and are obnoxious subsidiary of Sidetrack LLC. No guarantees implied, not available in any areas. Lots of restrictions will apply. Celebrity voice impersonated. Paid for by Ricky Bobby for Congress. And we're back with Sidetrack with Armstead and Post here on the Pulling Radio Network for Announcers Week. And now joining us, our special guest, the voice of NTPA and Region 2, as well as the Auto Value Super Sprints Nationwide, Mr. Tom Hartzell. Good evening, sir.
0: Hi, guys. How are you guys doing?
1: Doing oh, just fine. Great, great night.
0: Good, good. Yeah, it is. Uh, actually, down here where I'm at right now, we're going to experience a little bit of rain. It's getting a little dry. Dust starting to roll in the fields, but it's also race season. So, you know, things are happening, and that's a good thing. We're getting every day uh, as we get towards summer, we're getting closer to that pulling season starting. And, um, you know, it's, it, I've had several people, when are you going to start? When are you going to start? Well, here in Michigan, we don't actually start pulling until about, uh, I think it's Charlotte in the middle of July. So uh, we've got oh, a wage wow. yet here in the right here in the Wolverine State, but uh, they're starting to. Think about getting out and some of this other pieces started. No, it's getting this time of year. Everybody's rearing and ready to go.
2: Yeah, it seems like Facebook every day is you know somebody else rolling out of the shop. Okay,
1: we're ready. Let's go. Yeah, the latest video yep. we saw was Kester's out, uh, uh, test running uh, Adam's Mini out there. So that was the one for mm-hmm. uh, most recent that pops in my head. But well, Tom, let's start right out with. Uh, how you got involved with the sport of truck and tractor pulling, I know I'm tw- 28 years old, and I honestly do not remember a voice in the state of Michigan announcing a tractor pull other than you. What got you involved with this and uh, spurred your interest in announcing, period? You know, this is Announcers Week, and let's hear where the everybody got their start.
0: Well, I got to be honest with you. You know, I was involved in the FFA, as a matter of fact, Still involved in the effort organization when I was in high school, and uh, I got a lot of public speaking experience there. Was a chairman of the what we called the Farm Forum team back out, and um, just you know rolled with it. Well, I played high school football, and and when I graduated here back in '73, I uh, wanted to be part of. And I had a younger brother that was coming up, and my brother was a very uh, good football player, and we had some good football teams in Cassopolis, my hometown. And uh, my dad had been a PA announcer for the football games. So I started out three doing junior high and JV football games. Well, that kind of progressed over the next few years, and my dad and my brother got here. Uh, we are very successful in our football teams uh, as far as state level competition. We, he uh, did it. my style back then was a lot of uh, word.
2: We're losing you a little songs, but we're losing you a little bit there, Tom.
0: What's that? We're, we're losing, losing you a little bit. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I was in the same spot but like I said I'm down uh kind of in the middle of Amish country right, <laughs> right. now so, <laughs> you know you kind of got to deal with that from time to time but you know I, I there we go I, uh, there we go we're good to start now good to go
1: yeah we
0: took off with football and and uh I was involved with the Cass County tractor pullers at my home fair uh the Cass County fair and we started doing at the uh tractor pulling group uh of one of three in the state of Michigan. We had the West Michigan group, we had Central Michigan, and we had the Michigan tractor pullers. And one year, uh, there was a guy by the name of Kyle Madole that was the Central Michigan announcer. He was asked to go out on the Grand National Trail, and he did. Well, we got in a bind for an announcer at Cass, and um uh, guy by the name of Arden Withers was the Fairboard president at the time he came to me and said, Do you think you can announce it? Yeah, I can do that. Never had done anything like that in my life. Um so anyway, attacked it with the same enthusiasm that I did with football and um, it was very I mean, it went over very well. So that first year, I did one show. Then the next year, I think I did uh, about seven or eight shows. And then the following years, I was working up towards that 20-pulling event uh, stature. So uh, it just grew from there.
2: That's interesting to to hear that you you came at it from almost a pure side, not really the enthusiast side like maybe Drew or I did.
0: No, I just... You know, I, and I had some mechanical background as I, a kid, I worked in a, a service station and so I knew a little bit about the mechanics of things, but basically I just, as I still do, you know, 40 some years later, I still make myself very available in the pit area before the show starts. I make it a point to go try to talk to everybody. It may be just, hi, how you doing? Uh, what's going on new? Um, you know, I'll catch up with you later. And, uh, I did a biography sheet that I kind of made up, and you know, because realizing, and still to this day, I realize this, that a lot of the people that come through the gates at an event like this, had no clue as to what's going on. The, the intro part of it, uh, the insider part. And I felt that if, and here, I guess this is kind of how I gauged everything that I do, and I don't care whether it's Lions basketball games that I'm involved in now or if I'm doing a sprint car race or a stock car race or monster trucks or whatever it may be. If I can look into the crowd and I can see a lady, and I don't mean this to be sexist, but I can see a lady waiting for me to say something. I've done my job. I've got them. And again, I don't mean that badly, but I know that that I'm on the right track. I've got their attention. And they're going to be a happy camper when they leave there that night. They're going to feel a little, maybe a little more educated. And chances are real good that they'll be back again another day. And I've always attacked it like this. So, you know, it's worked out for me. I try to put it in lay terms that, that um, even the non-mechanic can understand, um, you know, and, and try to make it, uh, I, I guess, uh, relax. I take advantage of situations, and I point out that situation, so it's still fresh in the, the fan's mind of what, what what happened. Now I try to tell them why it might have happened or what did happen, and they can understand it, and it makes it much more important. That's kind of how I wanted to do it.
2: Yeah, that's, I didn't grow up in the sport with family who did this, so my connection to the sport was always through the announcer, which most of the shows, like Drew said, was you. And you really brought that education piece to me as a little boy, and I know Drew and I in our shows that we work now, we incorporate that very phenomenon that you just
1: described—that uh, that approach. And actually, especially mm-hmm. for me as an announcer, I grew up. You were the voice of tractor pulling, starting from the spring pull out here in Emily City, all the way up, you know, through the end of the season. Back in the day when it was in with Ontario, and uh, right. <clears throat> My whole style of announcing is very much like yours, Tom. It just because that's the voice I grew up with, that was the style I heard. And yeah, it's bring it to the average person, bring it down to a level that anybody from a six, seven, eight year old kid like I was, all the way up to grandma who just got done looking at the jams in the 4 H barn, could still understand.
0: Yeah. What you've got to do, you know. We're, we're constantly, I don't care whether it's uh, one of the competitors on the track or it's a tech official or a flagman or the announcer or whoever it may be, we are in the entertainment business. And being in the entertainment business, we have to keep those people's interest and we have to build on that for not only for our sport but also for the people that are hiring us to put that show on and you know i've always felt that that was very important is is to have that touch with the crowd and uh, you know over the years i've done a lot of different things as far as uh, messing around with the crowd uh, gosh i can remember several times once in monroe and and uh down at fort recovery when i used to do that event down there and and taking a remote mic, that was the best thing they ever invented for Tom Hartzell was a remote mic. <laughs> and uh, taking off and going into the crowd and, and um, you know, just having fun and, and entertaining. And, gosh, you know, it's kind of nice. And that's one of the things that I enjoy about what I'm doing. Matter of fact, I leave tomorrow afternoon, and, and uh, we got a game tomorrow night in Adrian, and then I go up to Gladwin and Oscoda on Friday and Saturday and do Detroit Lions basketball games. And I don't have to worry about sponsors. It's, it's the entertainment part of it, and that's, that's what's fun. That's what makes my job entertaining. Do I love being on the road anymore? Nah, probably not as much as I did 30, 40 years ago. But, you know, it's what I do. And uh, if I can interact with the crowds and, and the, the fans and the kids and just have fun, you know, that's what makes our job as announcers Enjoyable. It makes it a lot easier to do what we do.
1: Well, Tom, actually, you talking the bowl, Mike, and then you know, interacting with the kids and that. Charles found some video for that somebody gave us from back in the day, and one of my early memories is being in Armada and you in that white NTPA jumpsuit, you know, out amongst mm-hmm. the fans, and you would find different kids. And they would get a chance to announce a tractor. You'd give them, you know, what to say and they'd announce it. Well, back when little Andrew was six years old, Mr. Tom Hartzell handed the mic to him to uh, announce a modified tractor in Armada. And 21 years later, he now announced a full show at Armada, and that was me. And as far as I'm concerned, you are one of the tops in announcing And lo and behold, this has been a, you can ask Charles or anybody, I've been a nervous wreck over this just because you were the one who kind of gave me my start in announcing and giving me that uh, idea of interacting with the fan and being the guy out in the crowd. I am the one who doesn't want to be up in a booth who wants to be either walking the track or interacting with the crowd. And yeah, you gave me my start way back when.
2: Yeah, we Drew's talked about that incident for years and years and years. And, and when a friend of ours gave us that old footage, I'm going through it and I'm listening to it. And I'm going, "Oh, I found it! This is it! It's this is him." So that was that was, a, that was a neat thing to find that it <laughs> survived. Know. It was back in 19, you know, uh,
0: 1995. Going down my spine right now, guys. It was
2: 1995, <laughs> yeah. and you had him uh, introduce Wayne Kreider coming out with back then. It was Double Dose Plus Two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll be darned. That's something, you know, but, you know, and and again, you know, I had a, and I got to tell you this story, Kyle, when he took off and went NTPA polling, and I owe a lot to him uh, simply because of the situation that occurred, but he told me once, you never know who's going to hear you win. And I don't care whether I'm working Armada, I'm working in Ontario, Canada, or Brigden, or the Cass County Fair, my hometown in Cassopolis. I try and I always tried to do the very best that I got that day. Is it going to be the best show that I've ever done? Probably not, but it's the best I've got to give you that particular day. And just for that reason, you never know who's going to hear you win. And what you just told me tells me that obviously I did something right that day in Armada. And now you're carrying on, you know, the job and, and, you know, it just it really makes me feel good as a human being and and as a, a professional announcer to hear stories like that because that tells me I did my job, you know, and and I was successful in what I did that day. So that's really cool. Well, not, and I thank you for telling me that.
1: Not only do I do that, Tom, I also do your smoke from white to gray to black. Yeah, he, uh, he he, he rips he,
2: he rips you off. got full dis- <laughs> full disclosure. He rips you off.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? I've always told young announcers, and I've worked with several over the years. You know, it's hard to find um, young adults that are willing to do this. Actually, I've got my I have three kids, uh, two daughters and a son, and I'm trying. The girls have announced uh, different times, and they too came through the FFA organization, but my son scott um i'm trying to get him involved a little bit on the racing and the uh, tractor pulling side of it of course they all traveled with me when they were little and, and uh as they've gotten older they kind of got away from the sport but they still come you know from time to time and and when our sprint cars are in the area they try to come watch them and but um you know it's it's i don't think we're seeing the 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 generations coming up like what we used to uh it's like that whether you're a driver or participant or you're an announcer or whatever it may be you know i'm having some issues right now with the super sprint series i've had uh, three of my crew for whatever reasons uh health or or otherwise moving out of the area had to to leave me this year well i've been struggling trying to find people to help and it's just very very difficult. um, one of the things that we too have noticed here in the state of Michigan, that there's not a lot of PA announcers to do, uh, you know, N-T-P-A No, there's
2: so not. So it,
0: it's good to hear that, that you guys are coming on and that, and I'm really tickled for that because I, I'm getting older by the day and you know, it's getting harder and harder where I used to be able to go and go and go and go. Well, I noticed the last couple of years, Tom's starting to slow down a little bit. Not yeah. that I still don't enjoy it. I do, but. Man, and towards the end of the season, about uh, first of September or so, you're tired. You want to oh, stay sure. home, but oh, yeah. you still got another month to go. And you know, one of these days when you guys get a little older, you'll hit that wall, and, and it'll be a struggle to get out the door and go again. But we just got to keep that younger generation coming, and, and um, you know, promote our sports again, whether it's racing or tractor pulling, or be that we're involved in we've got to uh, we've got to do that and promote it and i'm I just like i said it just really makes me feel good and very honored that your you guys are doing what you're doing so and that's cool
2: we believe me we owe the debt of gratitude right back to you um i'm gonna get i'm gonna get my first shot at an ntpa hook this summer uh thanks to you part circumstantially because you, i know you're going to be stuck out west with the sprint cars in washington there for the adrian mm-hmm. pull but you know I know Jason, I know Jason there at the fair contacted you and and you put in a good word for me and I I really appreciate that.
0: Well and and I I'm, I'm sure that you guys will do a good job, you know, and that that's the thing that I've got a couple situations um that I especially with the sprint cars and and I don't mean to dwell on that. I know the show is about pulling but um That I've joined forces with a a professional IndyCar driver, Davey Hamilton, a couple years ago, and we started doing this King of the Wing uh, series, as we call it, and we based it off my Super Sprint series that's that's here in the state of Michigan, the Auto Value Bumper-to-Bumper Super Sprints. Well, what we're doing is trying to bring pavement sprint cars together across the United States to where you can go anywhere in the United States or Canada and race a payment sprint car without having to worry about rules. And it's taken a lot of time, and, and it's it's taken off. Uh, Royal Purple come on board here recently, and and um, that's one of the things that I've noticed is a little bit different. You know, back when you guys were talking about young adults coming up, the Copenhagen's gold pulling circuit, that's just what it yeah. was. And that's one of the things that I've always worked hard at is trying to promote – um, the, I'm a business person. I own an Auto Value parts store. Well, you darn right, I'm going to get Auto Value bumper to bumper out there every chance I can get. Or, or as as I say back in the day when NTPA had a lot of spot or uh, you know Copenhagen's gold pulling circuit, you got tired of hearing that probably. But he's the bills. Kendall yeah. Motor Oil was big back then, and and things like that. And we as business people. That's why we sponsor things. We want our name out there, whether it's verbally through an announcer or it's print advertisement or signage or stickers on the vehicles, whatever it may be, we want to make sure our name's in front of these people. And that's one of the things that I challenge all of them is make sure you take care of your sponsors. It is of utmost importance to do that. And uh, I have to, when I'm doing the Sprint Cars, my point was, I, there's a couple shows when I need to be involved with the production rather than the presentation. And um, I kind of relinquish my duties as an announcer, but boy, I cringe. And the reason I cringe is because nobody's going to do the sponsors like I do it. it it's just, that it's my gig and, and you know, I'm going to take care of auto value. I'm going to take care of Royal Purple or whoever it may be and make sure it gets out there a hundred times in this next hour. And, uh, you're going to get tired of hearing it, but that's the thing that I challenge you guys to, or any young up is make sure you take care of your sponsors because those are the people that pay the bills ultimately and you need them back year after year after year.
2: Yeah. You're hundred percent right on that. I know that's a personal thing that I need to work on. You know, yeah, I've been doing this for 15 years, but I will say that's probably my weakest piece of my presentation because I come not from the professional side of announcing. I come at it as an enthusiast. I'm into what's going on sure. on the track, but I need to understand that
1: that responsibility is there. Yeah, definitely a weakness yep. for me, too. I, You know,
0: and you, you've got a lot of responsibility there. So
1: Yeah. I mean, I came to this as not just an enthusiast, but I came into announcing from the competitor's aspect. Yeah. As I was on the field pulling for... 13 years before I ever had a microphone in my hand God was that ever terrifying because you know Charles I grew you know grew up listening to him also you know later on you, you know in my life and then having somebody like you and then going down to Bowling Green for my first time down in the early 2000s and hearing Keith Bradley and Butch Krieger and guys of that caliber you know it's to grab a microphone for the first time is terrifying but you know it's I I don't understand why there isn't more people wanting to get involved with it because, gosh, it's the cheapest part of being involved with the sport. and um, the, the biggest enjoyment for me is, like you said earlier, Tom, is the being able to relate to sport to something that every fan can understand. And, mm-hmm. you know... Getting them sponsor names out there, like you said. I mean, gosh, I can't tell. I think it's still ringing in my head. Emily City Ford being read right off at <laughs> right North Branch and mm-hmm. <laughs> Emily City every year. You know, right? Do you still get right. when and you do a show? Do you again, still that's get the,
2: the important a, part? So it sure is. Do you still get um, the adrenaline flowing and the butterflies in the stomach before you do do a show? I know I do. Do you? Uh,
0: I get the adrenaline. I, I don't get butterflies much anymore. And i got to tell you this. Since you guys do this more and more and more. I, I've gotten to the point, and I don't know whether this is good or bad, it works, is I don't necessarily see faces anymore. When you talk about getting nervous, and you, you, uh, you look into a crowd, man, oh, man, I can't. Oh, these are pigs, there's 5,000 people here today or there's 10,000 people here today. I don't you there, Tom? Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, there, there we go. We go. got you. Good. <laughs> as, as I say, I, I'm an I'm actually I'm standing out in the middle of the backyard right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I don't care whether it's one or a hundred thousand people there to do the same job. And I've gotten to the point now where I can look into a crowd and I can survey the crowd and and I'm like you guys, I love working in front of the crowd. I don't want to be behind the scenes. I don't want to be tucking an out for shower. I want to be the showman. I want to be able to uh, talk about Gary Van Dorpe's tractor and, and how it's going to come out about 75 foot, and all of a sudden the front end is going to come up about three to four foot. The back is going to squat, and I actually take and I bend at the knees and so people can see it, and I use my hand to to motion that is coming up the front ends coming up that's that is making them or helping them understand what's going on and it's going to happen and of course Dorpy's tractor you could just about telegraph it every time he went down the track that's what it was going to do you know and and i love working in front of a crowd but again my point about one or a hundred thousand you're doing the same job you're conveying a message and it's no different. than if you're standing from me to, you know, two foot away, you and I are having a conversation. You're still talking to people, and I don't see faces anymore at all. It's just like a blank, unless I really specifically want to. Uh, a lot of times when I'm doing a show, I do the the Ford and the Chevy and even the Dodges, you know, deal. And I'll make a joke about Dodges. Usually there aren't any there. and Somebody, some woman, or somebody will stand up and just really cheer about it. Well, <laughs> once they do that, they're mine the rest of the night because we're going to have fun, and you know we have a lot of fun with it. We joke back and forth, and and that is the exception of when I see somebody. You know, I, I'm I'm looking specifically for a person at that point in time, and and again, it all goes to entertainment when we've got downtime and in our service I don't know it's racing or or uh tractor pulling or we lost there we go like that so that's what i that's what i enjoy doing I'm yeah. yeah.
1: um, storms must be getting close i think they are
0: <laughs> yeah they're coming in they are coming in from the west and i apologize it's just it's terribly overcast here uh, right now no, not a
1: problem t- uh-huh. you know you bring up a good point you know this was my first as far as i'm concerned full year as an actual announcer you know i've only been doing this will be my third season and the first year you're kind of just stumbling around trying to find your place find your groove find your intro so to speak and, and just get settled behind a microphone and be able to do a decent job this was my first year where i actually felt comfortable and uh We've, I've done polls where there was 100 people there. And then Armada was what I consider my crowning jewel so far, where Saturday night I am trackside, middle of the track, light-limited schedule that Ed Schubert puts together. So we got people from all over two, three different states sitting there. And I am down center trackside in front of 16,000 people. And like you said, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make a difference. Whether you're in mm-hmm. front of 100 people... Or in front of sixteen thousand, everybody goes. Well, wow! Did did you feel the eyes on your? Weren't you nervous? And it's no, because you're doing the same show, no matter who's there, because you got to bring that A game if you want to go somewhere in, in this industry, and yeah, it you don't notice because you are there, and the more you're able to crack a joke or like you said single out that lady who's a Maniac Dodge fan or Ford fan mm-hmm. and, and play back and forth with her, you know, it makes it so much easier out there.
0: Oh, yeah. And, you know, our job is so easy if you can get that, that done. And it just, <laughs> I can't tell you how much pressure it takes off from you to have a good show because, you know, you can always fall back on that, especially if they're a good Joe about it, you know.
1: And, you know, and,
0: uh, just I that it works out good.
1: I had one. I was up and did Thumb Tractor Pullers Northern Swing this past year, and we went up into Sheboygan and Alpena. Sheboygan was a Friday night, and Alpena was a Saturday night. And we're up in Sheboygan, probably one of the most unique settings you've ever been in. For those who don't know, and most of our listeners probably don't, the center 150 foot of the track is completely covered. So everybody starts off to the south in open air, goes underneath this overhang, and ends up on, you know, at the big end outside again. And I'm there, Mm -hmm. I'm facing the crowd, you know, opposite side of the track. And I'm going, where's my red fans? Where's my green fans? And I'm getting crickets the entire night. I'm going, what in the world? And then you get a guy with a red (laughs) tractor who blows it out beyond 300 feet. And where's my red fans? And everybody starts cheering. And I'm going, this job is just, am I just this bad? I mean, this isn't even enjoyable at this point. Let's get through this. And at the end of the night, the promoter came up to me, he pulled me. I pulled him off the side and go, Listen, I go, I'm sorry, this is so bad tonight. You know, he goes, No, I've never seen the crowd so engaged in my life here. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like,
0: mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're your own worst critic. There's absolutely no doubt about that. You know, I've come off the track before just come up and say, Oh man. And it didn't get any better than that.
2: Yeah, it does happen.
0: <laughs> that's the way it works, you know, but, uh, now, you know, and you learn, I mean, and, and you, like I said before, when we started this interview out, you've got to sometimes let the event come to you. You can't plan anything ahead of time, other than your national anthem. And if you're doing a prayer or whatever it may be, that's about all you can plan in a show. And so I let it, let the show come to me a lot. And, uh, you know, there are some days that I get all the information in that I'm trying to do. There's some days that I get half the information in. But as long as the people were entertained for the amount of time that you got them there, whether it be an hour, hour and a half, two hours, as long as they're entertained and they go out of there feeling good, you've had a good night. You know, you just kind of got to look at that. But, you know, you were talking about something here a little bit ago, and that's another thing I, I got off on something else, but... Don't worry, I've the name of the show is sidetracked.
1: Announcers. We can get sidetracked all you want on any topic.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I've always told announcers, young announcers, you have to develop your own stick. You can't copy 100% off of Tom Hartzell or, or uh, Keith Bradley or, or you know, out there that you might hear. You can't do it. Um, you have to develop your own program and whatever makes you feel comfortable. Now, can you use parts of it? Yeah. You know, I've done, I can't remember, I think it was Keith's son that used to do the full pole thing at yep. Bowling Keith Green. Keith Bradley, Mr. Full um, Pole. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, I just, uh, I kind of copied off of that, but then I got smart as I got older. Once in a while, he did something slaps you in the head and thought, you know, why am I going horse all the time? I can only do one or two shows. and man, and I, all I can do is, is get just a little squeak out of my voice. Well, number one, yeah, I quit smoking cigarettes. I was, uh, then I found Coca-Cola Classic, and the third thing that I did, I quit screaming. But you still a, actually have a voice changer from your cast. On um, she told me one time, you've got to learn to talk out of your chest. And she kind of showed me how to do it, and I just kind of developed it from there. But, you know, that was some of the best advice I ever got in my life. And uh, uh, just if you're going to last in this business, you've got to have a voice that that uh, is going to hang in there for multiple shows in a row. Like, I have a stretch in the summertime. I don't know if it's going to happen this year or not. I really haven't looked much beyond May right now. But uh, I had, like, 12 shows in 14 or 15 days a lot of road time and a lot of shows and you know i I, at the end yeah your voice is tired your 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 larynx is just shot you know you you it's a muscle and um you just you ask it for more and more and more and more and it's just not there to give it's tired and uh that's one of the things that i could never do before and and uh, I just learned, as I get said, talking down in your chest and, and a little bit deeper voice, and you don't have to use that throat near as much to, to get things done. And, and it's worked out real well for me. So I would definitely suggest that to a young or the children right off the bat. Don't scream, don't holler. You can show excitement, but you got to save that voice because you can't talk. You're doing nobody any good. What so, you just uh, said is important. You
2: know. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that specifically, and I'm glad you brought it up because I wanted to ask you, the way that you you speak in a conversational way is not very different from the way you sound on microphone at a show. Me personally, I, the, I change my voice completely when I'm on, on, on the mic at a show, and there's a good reason why, why I started doing that but how long did it take you to develop the sound that you've got now in terms of how you inflect a word and, and where it comes from? You mentioned, you know, talking from down in your rib cage. Yeah, that's very important. How long did that take you to, to really develop and perfect?
0: Oh gosh, guys. I don't know. You know, it. Um, I would say probably within a year or two, I just kind of consciously did it and, Of course, with me being in the auto parts business, I talk most every day, all day. You know, I just kind of consciously practiced at it, and and just now it comes natural. I don't know any other way, right? Um, So I guess it's just, you know, it's like an auctioneer learning how, learning the lingo. Uh, You just got to practice at it, and and that's kind of what I did. And so I guess, you know, probably I'm sure within a year I had it down pretty pat. So. That makes sense. And now it's just, like you said, it's every day now. So,
2: Another thought I've got for for up-and-coming announcers, and and maybe I'm unique in the industry for for doing this, but how much homework do you do? How much behind-the-scenes prep before a poll or a race? I know some nights I'm on the computer a couple hours the night before a show making notes and running numbers and making sure I got my story straight.
0: Well, i got to be honest with you. When I was young, I spent a lot more time than, than I do now. Um, I probably wasn't as busy back then. Obviously I didn't have the sprint car series. I wasn't announcing at other tracks, you know, uh, and I'd spend all oh, probably an hour to a week up to date. And not that I don't, but maybe not as efficiently as I could. Um, you know, like I said beforehand, still go into the pit area at least a minimum of an hour before, maybe two hours before a show, and try to hit everybody that's there. Um, maybe if I talk to you, at, at, say, at Adrian one night, we were going to Berrien Springs the next night, I'm not talk to you both nights, but I'm going to talk to you at least one out of them, too. And it might be no more than, hey, how you uh, what are you doing? What's the point of do? Uh, anything broke going good you know what you expect and I, down the road I go to the next
1: door so that part of... oh uh oh you there Tom hello
4: there we, we go yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I went, opened a beer and I you disappeared because <laughs>
4: I've, I've never seen a beer break a cell connection before <laughs>
0: But, uh, no, like I said, I, I, every show, and I don't care whether it's racing or tractor pulling, I try to spend some time in the pit area with the the competitors. And, you know, you guys, a minute ago, you came out of the competitive end of it. I've never been on a tractor in my life other than a farm stock, ever. (laughs) And, you you know, I I seem to recall you
2: driving a modified once.
0: I, uh, What's that?
2: I recall you driving a modified once. Didn't you get in the seat of uh, Jim Martel's one night?
0: Uh, I never drove it. Not in competition. Oh, I... I've never been in a running modified.
2: I. well, I. I don't know where you know I got you? that memory from.
0: <laughs> uh, it's 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 on my bucket list. Believe me. Uh, I um to do that. But I. Um i had the opportunity my kids bought me a rusty wallace experience a couple three well it's probably four or five years ago now out in iowa and that's the first time i'd ever been in a race car so i did it again at michigan international a couple years ago but the reason i do stuff like that is because i can feed that information through a mic you know it's firsthand this is this is what's going on and and uh you know i had a lot of good friends in pulling and still do steve klingenberg being one of them that it seems to me on a modified tractor that when you get those 30.5s buzzing and you got five or six motors on the front, that that's going to be a violent feeling in the seat of your pants. And you guys have heard me talk about that a hundred times.
4: Yeah,
1: she's going to bring <laughs> that, that
0: up. They have smooths right out, you know, and, and to, to me, for me to try to, to try to grasp that, that it smooths right out is phenomenal. You know, I, I just don't understand that concept where if I had been in the seat or will get in the seat of one, then i can kind of feel for that and and understand a little bit more what they're talking about so you know that kind of stuff i think is important um as far as the delivery of your program goes no i I just just, haven't had the opportunity to get in one
2: totally agree i mean i haven't gone to anything quite that level level i did drive a v8 hot rod a handful of times and yeah it's it's the weirdest phenomenon once the tires break traction and the clutch locks up and, and they
1: just start spinning it becomes like a carpet ride. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. And here I was going to yep. say, the guy forever who I, when I started pulling, I had to figure out how to drive by the seat of my pants because Mr. Tom Hartsell, <laughs> for how many years, said all the top pullers drive by the seat of their pants. Never once <laughs> been right. in the seat of a pulling tractor or driven by the seat of his pants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, you guys are getting me to tell some of my long-lost, deep, deepest secrets here tonight. So. <laughs> but... You know, <laughs> if we can't have fun doing it, why do it? Or,
2: You're like every other announcer. We talk about it because we can't do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. there you go. You know, and I guess I've always looked at it, too. Dave Lamar, years ago, and you you just brought a thought to my mind. We were in the pit somewhere, and I don't even remember. It was a Grand National, I'm sure. But uh, he, a fan come up to him and says, how can you afford to do this? And I will never forget this. He said, I don't own a boat. I don't own a cottage. With this hobby, and it is the only hobby I have, at least I have the opportunity to make back some of my investment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you can look at that and you think about it, think about it as an announcer. Now, I've made some pretty good money over the years. Have I been gone a lot? Have I sacrificed a lot? You're darn right. I've missed a lot of things my kids were doing. Um, I'm trying not to do that with my grandkids now, but... There's been a lot of family time, and there still is, that I'm going, uh, you know, making a buck. And when you look at it, a lot of times we as announcers, when we get paid to do what we do, there's a lot of nights we might come out of there with more money in our pockets than a poor.
2: Oh, for, or, for sure. Or, oh, yeah.
0: You know, and, and I guess I've always, I, I you know, I, my competitiveness wants to get in a vehicle. But my wallet says, no, stay right where you're at, you know, and and that's I I guess that's what has appeased me over the years is the almighty buck. And, you know, it is what it is.
1: That's actually what I'm doing this year is I'm actually taking a step back from the seat of the tractor and uh, only going to a few select. I don't have a big tractor at all. I got a 6,000-pound farm stock. But I'm taking a Mm -hmm. step back just because – yeah, it's nice being able to go to a poll, still experience the poll on more of an insider's uh, viewpoint than, you know, the average spectator. But at the end of the night, I'm guaranteed a check of X amount of dollars well, yeah. and as get to come home with. As long as it doesn't rain. And know, I don't yeah. have to worry about something breaking that's going to cost me X amount of dollars more than what yeah. I already lost going down the track.
0: That's for sure. Well, exactly right. You know, like you know our our and i'll give you an example our sprint car guys they're going to spend a minimum now this is a bare bones minimum of seven to eight hundred dollars a night for tires every night and you know you better have some deep pockets or some good sponsors in order to do that you start looking in tractor pullings. you know they don't go through the tires like we do but You've got the initial investment. You know, you're talking thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 for motors now and and the tractor themselves and all the component parts and stuff that's in them. And, geez, oh, Pete, I, it, it blows me away that we still have people involved in everything we but we still have people that love the sport, sports, I should put that in plural, and uh, they still enjoy doing what they're doing. And because we wouldn't be where we are as a that's part of the team effort
1: absolutely i know we're uh, gonna get you wound up here but um before we let you go for the night tom one thing we've done with every guest that comes on our show and it might be a little different for you and i'm actually hoping it is a little different is we talk about our heroes and legends in the sport the people who have influenced us and uh who we've always looked up to And I'm kind of interested to hear who might pop into your head as far as who's influenced you because you have the viewpoint of always being an announcer and not having that competitor aspect is where do you look up at as these, hey, these were the top guys, this is who I look up to, and these are the guys, you know, they're always going to be the legends in my mind.
0: Well, I guess, you know, one person that comes to my mind, and there's been a lot of good announcers over the years, um, actually, one of them is a competitor, and one of them is a, a, was an announcer. And when I was coming up through the ranks, it was Army Armstrong. Um, you know, he was the man, and I got the opportunity to meet him a couple of times. We never worked side-by-side, side per se. Uh, in the early days, he was doing TV for NTPA, and then he kind of went by the wayside and started doing something else, and I took over some of the stuff for, with uh, the Burgers and Victory film and did a lot of TV for a couple of years with them. But Army was probably the announcer that I looked up to the most when I was coming up through the ranks. Now, I said also a competitor, and that had to be Dave Banner. You know, those guys were the they were the legends, and they are the legends. There's getting, no getting around it. I mean, there's a lot of good people in this sport that have done very well. But whenever you talk about tractor pulling, especially the modifies, it's got to be Dave Banner and Ralph. Um, again, I was just – I guess for lack of better words in all when I first met them and, and talked to them and, you know, Dave, Dave told me one time when it was a 24, 25 time champion, he said, Tom, I don't care if I win every night or not. If I can finish in the top five night after night, after night, I'm going to be there at the end. And with 24 or 25 national championships, you can't argue that point. No. And I just, I've always remembered that and always remembered their hospitality and again, army on the announcing end of it. and, and, you know, I owe dad a debt of gratitude to my my dad and my grandpa Barnett on my mom's side. Barney Barnett was his name. He announced uh, to speed Speedway down here in the southwestern corner. My dad with the sports and, you know, the good Lord. He gave me the ability to do what I'm doing and give me the voice. And, uh, you know, I owe a lot to everybody. And, and just it's been a great run, and we're not done yet. Uh, I've got probably 60 or 70 shows I'll be doing this summer. Uh, between the sprint cars and the basketball games and monster trucks and everything else that we'll be doing, demo derbies, um, you know, and the people, Jeez, Oh Pete, guys, I've met people from across the world in motorsports. Uh, South Africa a couple years ago, got great Canadian friends. I mean, it just goes on and on and on, and it's just that's the driving force right now, and and uh, is uh, is that and the love of the the sports that I'm involved in. So. You know, I guess in the nutshell, that's that's what I do and what I look up to and what got me started and what inspired me and what keeps me going.
2: I can't argue with any of the points you made or the people you've shown the light on. You're, I'm right there with you.
0: Yeah, you know, and and uh, it's it, like I said, it's it's a great run, and my kids got to see some things that they wouldn't have normally got to see when they were traveling with me, and. And, um, you know, I've met some great people across. And, again, I met a guy, uh, and I, I I have to forgive me, I forget his name now, but we were uh, on the winter circuit one year, and I was with John Ellenbaum. We were out in, I believe it was Little Rock, Arkansas, doing some shows. And the, the guy told me he could just about go anywhere in the United States, just about any state, and if he had problems, make a phone call, and somebody would be there to help him. And that, you know, I think that holds true to form. There's not too many states that I couldn't travel into that somewhere there'd be somebody that I've met in the motorsports that would be willing to help me. And, and again, that's the family aspect of what we do. So that's pretty cool.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, unfortunately, that's something we didn't even get the time to talk about it was the family aspect of the sport. Still with me, guys? Oh, yeah. yeah we're, we're here, Tom. but. Okay. Yeah, you brought up something we didn't even get a chance to talk about is the family aspect of the sport and how it is one big family. And that's something we always make well, sure you know, we relate. in,
0: in pulling, you know, pulling goes back. and I don't know if you can fit this in or not, but I'd like, oh, do it absolutely. Pulling goes back to the family farm. That's where it all started, you know, neighbor against neighbor, back in the John Deere up against the International and see who had the baddest tractor. And I think that in the world of pulling, that carries on into the professional ranks that we're doing today with ntpa and, and whoever it may be that it, it's still family oriented not that racing's not but it's just a different unique sport that kind of sets itself by itself in the world of pulling we racing's a little bit different you know and, and and we're still close don't get me wrong man we lost a racer in ohio this last weekend that tragically lost his life in a fire and did I know him? No, but you know what? It affects me just like it does anybody else that's involved in the world of racing. Uh, it's a tragedy, but I've also to the of my days. And I had a driver killed the first night that I owned the Auto Value bumper-to-bumper Super Sprint. That when it's your time, it's your time. And uh, unfortunately, this young man was 26 years old. Life, and uh, but it was his time. Uh, Right, because it could happen to any of us. And it could happen in pulling, uh, just not as likely as in the world of racing. But it is truly a family-oriented uh, uh, deal, and, and I just really am very thankful for the opportunity that I've had uh, in pulling and, and what kind of doors it's opened up for me across the, uh, the United States and, of course, into Canada.
2: Couldn't disagree with any of that. Yeah, there's been some times where I'll see something come across the feed or whatever, and, you know, it's the passing of a, a racer or a puller, not somebody I even knew personally but knew of them or by reputation or what have you, and, yeah, sit down for a second and get, get a little bit emotional over it. Yeah, it's definitely uh, the extended oh, yeah. family.
1: And I'm, I am I, highly tell you've actually listened to this little show that we do, but one thing we make sure we always do in the beginning of every show is our obituaries. And our birthdays is what we've added on too, is because it is a family sport. Not only is it a family aspect as, as far as bringing spectators in that, but you get to be so tight knit with everybody week mm-hmm. in, week out. And a loss for somebody, even in this, you know, even the state of Washington or California or Florida, mm-hmm. or wherever they're at, it is a blow to the pulling family. You know, it's somebody out there. Who was out there for the betterment of the sport, and unfortunately have gone on, but always leave a legacy of some sort in touch the sport and help further the sport with everything they ever did. Mhm.
0: Very, very true. And that's you know I guess that's one of the other things that that I would challenge anybody going into the announcing business is it's not about you, it's not about me, it's it's about the sport, it's about the show, it's about putting on a production that's that's what we're doing we're show people and and you've got to remember that don't don't let the ego get in front of you because that's when you're going to get in trouble um you know again i i know we've all got a little bit of showman in us or we wouldn't be doing what we're doing but uh you've got to keep that ego in check uh because once you lose control of that it's going to feed through and and it's not going to be a good situation in the end so i think it's very important to uh to do that and, and you're not any better than anybody else. You know, when I met Davy, uh, just, uh, uh, one last little story here, uh, Davy Hamilton, Indy car driver, you know, I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. And, uh, one thing that I told him right off the bat, he says, you know, I may not make the money that you do. There's absolutely no doubt. I don't make that kind of money, but at the end of the day, we still, uh, take our pants off one leg at a time and and you know we treat each other with respect we're going to get respect back and we work together for a common goal and that's that again this this all goes to the the point of not forgetting who you are and and where you're from you know and and nobody's any better than anybody else we're all in this together and and I think that's a very very important uh lesson in life that uh, I think a lot of people have forgotten that over the years and maybe that's why United States is in the situation it's in right now. So I'll get off my political bandwagon. <laughs> we better not go there. No, we
2: try to be non-denominational but, uh, no, around here. It's
0: been a good run. And uh, not you know, I'm g- glad you guys are on board. Um, again, I'll probably well, I don't know. I can't say a date. You know, I don't know. It just depends on what my health does right now. I'm doing good and a little bit fat like everybody else this time of year, but you know, hopefully by the end of the summer, that'll come off, and I'll be ready to rock and roll again. So, anyway.
1: <laughs> well, sir, thank but, you uh, for uh, coming on with us. I know this has been – yeah, I, I don't think the grin's ever left my face this entire interview <laughs> from everybody <laughs> around me, no, but – Perma-grin. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, sir, for coming on. Um, I hope we can have you on again soon talk the sprint car stuff. Um yeah we talk about pulling that but we talk about everything you know we, we
2: get into everything i'm a total gearhead it's not yeah, just pulling this That's, is you I know like all.
1: if we want to do yeah. a show about pulling and lord knows you understand how that goes especially this time of year there's nothing going on but uh no definitely love to have you on again and uh talk about uh your uh sprint car series and that and uh I a chance to talk with you again
2: i know i got a couple of your sprint card dates already on my calendars for this um this spring so i'm going to get out and, and see you do some of those shows
0: but yeah well give me a buzz and uh you know, we can get you on the vip list so we'll take care of there you guys get up close and personal the pit. so you know call me before you're coming and let me know you know a few days ahead of time so i can get hold of the proper personnel to tracks and we'll take care of you guys but i gotta tell you i i am very very flattered that you asked me to do this um again, I'm pretty much a humble person. I don't do a lot of, uh, sometimes it, it, uh, it can be a detriment rather than a good thing that I don't do a lot of selling of myself. And, you know, I kind of let my actions. and I'm very flattered that you guys asked me to do this. It's an honor. And, and, uh, you know, again, I'm, I, it tickles me that you guys are coming on board as uh, younger announcers. And, and you show the enthusiasm that you do, and, and I'm sure you're going to do a good job in your careers. And, and, you know, if you ever need anything, as I say, you got to develop your own stick. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but um, I'll be glad to help you and give you some pointers. If you got, you know, something that you're hanging up on, just give me a buzz. You know where I'm at. So, okay.
2: Appreciate that very much,
1: Tom. Thank you so yep. much. So, we'll have you hang online for a second here, Tom. And we're going to take okay. a quick break here. This is Sidetracked on Pulling Radio Network. Hey fans,
3: Jeremy Krieger here to talk to you about truck and tractor pulling from a fan's point of view. One of the foremost publications on Facebook that's all about pulling 24-7. Truck and tractor pulling from a fan's point of view. Brought to you by Jamie Darbro, one of the biggest pulling fans on the planet. Check out his page at www.facebook.com forward slash truck tractor pulling from a fan's point of view. You'll be glad you did and tell him Jeremy Krieger sent you.
1: All right. And we're back with sidetracked and Armstead and Poche and booms and Meyer and Hartzell and whoever else we can pull in off the street. The mailman was supposed to be here, but he ran late for some reason, but. Did we actually just do that interview? I am kind of numb right now. Great job! I mean,
2: sincere thanks to Tom, um, for for agreeing to do that and, and what you got there. Uh, we had some, you know, people know this is a this is a podcast that's pre-recorded. We had some extensive conversations with Tom off mic, and he that's what you heard in that interview. That's him. He's he is that humble guy. He's very professional, but he, he just, he's the real deal. And uh, very proud to have grown up listening to him and, and having him be. He's been influential on my personal announcing style. When we get into Sunday's show and we get to that roundtable, um, if it comes up, well, I'll certainly elucidate the ways specifically that he's influenced me and if not I'll save that for for next week's show or or our future episode. Or what have you?
1: And actually more me than you as far as style influence.
2: Specific st- specific style influence you more so than me. But uh You're Alan
1: Washburn. Well,
2: and we can talk about that on Sunday. That's a, that's a happy accident. Um, and to, well yeah, we'll save that for Sunday. We'll get into the details of, of what I do on the microphone of the show because What you hear me do on this show every week, this is not at all how I sound at a show. No,
1: he's actually got a very high helium-sounding voice, (laughs) and we do a lot of editing to bring it down to an actual palatable level. No, it's it's,
2: (laughs) my announcing style is very different from my my common conversation speaking style, and there's a very good reason why I do that. And it had the, the impetus behind that. I'll tease this. And uh, so, Eric, if you're if you're listening, I'll give you a leading question for, for you to ask me on Sunday. There was a big reason why the style that I use evolved. It's because I started announcing at age 22, and I didn't believe that I would be able to carry the credibility on mic with the crowd if I sounded like I was 22 years old. So I really crafted a voice that not only sounded older. You're giving the answer to the question. No, nah, not giving everything. Sounded older. But also, didn't sound like I necessarily even came from here. So we'll get more into why I did that and and save that for Sunday. And then,
1: like I said, if it doesn't come up Sunday, make we'll sure you out. tune in Sunday night, seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're gonna have everybody from Pulling Radio Network. M- I believe most everybody.
2: I think Kenny's, I think Kenny's on his. Kenny's, Kenny's traveling. Kenny's gonna be traveling from an event that. You know, he's announcing like, you know, 600 shows this, this year or something. So Yeah,
1: six 700, something like that. So, but we're all going to be together. And How the, in the
2: world does uh, Tom do 60 or 70 shows in a year? Oh, my God. I'm looking at my calendar, and I got 31 on there already, and I'm going, oh, I got to do all this?
1: All I can think back to is the Bowling Green, Sandusky, Armada Weekend where I did Holy five smokes. events in four days. And I'm going, My voice was done. Yeah. Tuesday, more Tuesday when I got to the show and I made it through that. How how does he do? Well, he gave us some. He it, gave us he some gave good tips. Some very good tips. One of them, it's going to take a little more for me to adhere to, but uh, I think I need to listen to the guy.
2: Which one was that? I'm just curious.
3: Marlboro.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. There is that. But uh, with that, we appreciate everybody listening. I know we don't thank you guys enough, but uh, thank you to all our listeners and all your guys' support. Make sure you stay tuned on our Facebook page on where we pop up with our next live feed. And I believe starting uh, next week, Charles, we're going to do something interesting. Hometown tours, live feed. Yes, yes, we are. We're going to take uh, little short videos <laughs> here and there throughout our towns and uh, make post them up on Facebook, show some of the cool parts of uh, this great state we live in in Michigan and the cool hometowns we live in.
2: The crucible of where the two of us were, were born and raised and kind of helped shape us as people.
1: So with that, my name's Armstead. My name is Posh. And this is Evan. This is Meyer. Signing off. Have a great night. So long.
0: That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. It. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, it though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.
1: Get out my trailer. I want you out.